When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And literally as that open was rolling, uh, Nuno was giving me some breaking information. And, and I believe it is coming directly from our guest here, Jeff Passan, our baseball insider extraordinaire and, and sort of like Nobel laureate, as a poet laureate at least, as far as his writing is concerned. Uh, but you, what, Nuno, do, go ahead, put a mic on. Tell everybody what you were just telling me. That uh, Derek Jeter is leaving the Marlins as their CEO. That's interesting. And did that information come directly from Jeff Passan? I saw Jeff tweet it, yes. Okay, well, the, the news is good because Jeff Passan happens to be standing by and is ready to go. Jeff, that isn't where I planned on beginning this conversation, but I am interested in, <laughs> but I am interested in that. What, what gives? Uh, today, Derek Jeter says in an announcement that literally just arrived in my inbox, I'm announcing that the Miami Marlins and I are officially ending our relationship. And I will no longer serve as CEO nor a shareholder in the club. We had a vision five years ago to turn the Marlins around and a CEO. I've been proud to put my name and reputation on the line to make our plan a reality, blah, 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 blah. Point is, Derek Jeter is out. I uh, have no idea where he's going to be going next or if he's going to remain in baseball. But I will say this. The Marlins, I think, are in a much, much better place now. Uh, with what they've done there with Kim Eng in charge, with uh, with what their cheaters done than they were when Jeffrey Laurie and David Sampson were. Fair enough. But but is this, let me just ask for those who might, uh, Derek Jeter probably remains the most famous baseball player there is, which is its own problem because yep. he's been retired for six years. But um, what, was this a surprise? Like, what, was what, did people see this coming? Uh, no, I don't think people saw this coming. I had heard about it probably an hour or so ago and was, you know, Derek Jeter is famously private and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's not the sort of guy who's going to be going out there letting his business out. So um, I I think it comes as a surprise, but at at the same time, uh, you know, I think he achieved what he wanted to there. The idea of Derek Jeter ending up in Miami over the long haul, uh, I, I, I don't think people saw him being with the Marlins for the next 25 years of his career. I think he's got a lot that he wants to do, and uh, whether it's in baseball or in business, uh, he's probably going to be successful at it. That, that's fair. I, I think most people also, for any number of obvious reasons, associate him with the Yankees. Is there any reason to believe that he will become involved? I don't know exactly in what capacity I'd be thinking. Um, Derek Jeter's the kind of person who – the next step for him would be to be part of the ownership group of a franchise, not not any. Oh yeah, I mean he was. Employer. That was the thing. He, yeah. he yeah, he had a stake. He right. had a stake in the Marlins. Right. So uh, I don't know if he's going to keep that, divest himself of that. The Yankees are a whole nother ball game, man. <laughs> like it's just it's amazing looking greedy during this lockout uh, at at the numbers, at the finances yeah. uh, that are involved in this whole thing, and and seeing the appreciation of the New York Yankees from a. $8.7 million investment by George Steinbrenner in 1973 to a five, six, $7 billion entity right now. So 
I don't think you, there's going to there's going to be ownership of the Yankees anytime soon. And you know, Brian Cashman's job at this point is safe, but uh, the Yankees will welcome Derek Jeter back in any capacity if that's what he wants. Okay, fair enough. So that wasn't where we planned to start, but it was interesting to me. So um, I am an unabashed fan of Jeff Passan's writing. As one who does a little writing myself, I appreciate good writing. So not only was the information in Jeff's column that I was sent this morning that will be up on ESPN.com at some point soon today, not only is the information important, but the writing of it is really excellent. If you could summarize for everybody, though, Jeff, in in briefer fashion, what exactly is at stake today and what your expectations are for where we will be when the day comes to an end? Uh, what's at stake today is the future of the sport and where we're going to be is in a very bad place. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could, well, I wish that's I could about as good as you can do it. That, yeah. Well, why know, is the future you, of the sport? Let, let me put it this way. When you say the future of the sport, why is that? We, 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 we will have games canceled. That will not be a first. We've seen it before. It actually happened at the height of the pandemic. People don't really think of it that way. But the reality is they could have played a lot more games during the pandemic than they did. So you could look at it as though they canceled games because of their inability to get together two years ago during at the height of a global pandemic, literally in the worst moments of it. We've seen a World Series canceled. The sport has survived all of these things. So what is at stake? today i think what it is greeny is that when we had the world series canceled in 1994 baseball was a much different sport in a much different place than it is right now baseball is hunting for relevancy at this point and i think in that hunt for relevancy the idea of canceling games uh is absurd and is counterproductive and i'm sorry but you know if you want to wait around for a Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire to rescue you or Cal Ripken to rescue you, those things are once in a generation. They're they're panaceas. And uh, I'm sorry, but you can't run a business waiting for a panacea. The the reality, Greeny, of this is very simple. Major League Baseball has an incredible economic system for the owners, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just very good the way that it is right now because they don't have to spend anything. A, A team can have a payroll with 26 minimum salaried players, and that would be legal under the framework that they have. So MLB is a good business right now, and they're trying to squeeze every little last bit out of the players that they can. And frankly, uh, this whole thing is unnecessary, unfortunate, and and the blame, while not going entirely in one direction, certainly – uh, is at the feet of the owners and of the league. Uh, Greeny and Jeff Passan, our baseball insider, I, I want to point out one thing from his column that I think is relevant. Because a lot of time, fans will just hear this and they'll think, well, the players, I, they're, they're too greedy. The average major league salary last opening day was $4.17 million. Again, a lot of fans mm-hmm. will stop listening when they've heard that. Mm-hmm. But as you point out, finance in sports is a zero-sum game. What doesn't go to the players goes to the league and the owners. And the point is that while $4.17 million sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, that doesn't change the fact that the way all of the revenues are being divided up have become at least arguably very disadvantageous to the players. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and later on in, in the column, Greeny, I point out something that I, I think is important. Um, the players are the game. 
Like, let's never forget that. It's such an important point to remember because I, I think we tend to think of teams or or the uniforms as the game. You know, how, how does baseball exist without the New York Yankees? The New York Yankees aren't the New York Yankees unless they've had Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra. And unless those guys won them championships and brought them the resonance that they have these days, you know, the sooner you remember as a fan that the players are the game, I I think the more you're actually respecting the sport itself, because these are the people who are going out there and doing the very things that you're watching them to do. So one of the things that you write, and I don't, is today, day 89, you write on day 89 of the lockout, which was either yesterday or today, I don't know when you wrote this, um, you said it's important to understand how far apart the sides are. The players walked into bargaining asking for the moon, but holding a weak hand, which is not exactly the sort of combination that affects change. So I, I've been saying all along, and, and you know who I sit next to on this show most days, your buddy Hembo who loves this stuff and cares about it as much as anybody. And I've been saying to him for a while, this isn't going to change until the owners decide they want it to. They have no interest in making a deal, and they're they're not going to give one inch because they don't have to, and right now they don't want to, right? You know, here's the problem with that, though, Greeny. And, And I worry sometimes, I worry about a few things. Number one, I worry that owners are in this bubble of their own making where they they look at the sport and they look at how it prints cash every year. I mean, that's the reality. This is a 10-plus billion-dollar-a-year revenue sport. And it, it's almost like you see this revenue spigot and you think it can't be turned off. And you think that fans are going to look at the loss of games in April, potentially, as being – uh, something that they can brush off their shoulders because fans always come back. You know, teams tank. Fans mm-hmm. come back when they win. Uh, teams trade your favorite player. Fans come back. It's almost like they look at you as suckers, as marks. And that, to me, is the absolute backward way that it, that a sport should be treating its fans. It should be doing everything it possibly can uh, to even if it is financially disadvantaging itself in a small enough fashion where it can still weather it and be a good business. I get it. But uh, a a player first fan first league, honestly, is the ideal. I I think the closest thing that we have to it at this point is probably the NBA and the NBA might be uh, our most, you know, top to bottom entertaining product. I know the NFL is incredible in a, a billion different ways, but just in terms of the way that it engages with fans and has its players on board, the NBA is the ideal. Baseball is almost the opposite of that. I agree with you, but here's what I will say, and I've made this point, I've been making this point going back to when I was doing local talk shows 30 years ago, that if fans want to be treated as consumers rather than the way you're describing, they need to behave that way, which is to say, my parents owned a tiny little business in my childhood. They owned a little bookstore in New York City. And I've said many times, I worked there every summer for years, that if we treated the people who came in to the store the way all the sports leagues frequently, certainly let's use the baseball owners in this particular case, the way that, that, that they treat their consumers, their customers, that the store would go out of business in 10 minutes. No one would ever go there. But yep. the fans don't act that way. They don't, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't behave as though they are consumers. They behave as though they are sheep. And that will never change unless they change that behavior. 
you know, I, I think that is fair. Like sports fandom brings out a very interesting part of our personalities and our psyche. Sports fandom is the best of us and it is the worst of us. And it can be the worst of us because uh, we we get hooked, we get obsessed, we you know, we get addicted to whether it's a team, a player, a sport, whatever it is, it becomes part of our daily routine. It's it's dopamine for the soul. And uh, baseball right now is saying to all of these people who look at it like a respite, who look at it like something that, that enriches their lives, it's saying, screw you. That's what it's saying by canceling games. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I, I wish fans would look at it that way because maybe if fans actually responded in the same way that they would if a person did that mm-hmm. or, or if your boss did that, maybe if fans responded like that, then baseball would open its eyes and, and recognize that it's got a really, really big problem. And it cannot afford to be alienating more fans when it's already lost enough. Yeah, look, I mean, if you want to be treated with respect, you're going to have to demand to be treated with respect as fans. Maybe that happens this time. Again, the column is awesome. It'll be up at some point today. And, Jeff, we will stay in close touch on this thing. Thank you, my man. Always appreciate it, Greeny. Thank you. That's Jeff Passan, again, our baseball insider extraordinaire. I'm Greeny, live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Coming up next, a statistic that is eye-opening and very, very concerning for one young superstar. You'll hear it next I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Oh, yeah, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy day in so many different ways. Aaron Rodgers, while we're young, (laughs) feel free to make a move of some sort here. We are all sitting around, and we are waiting uh, to find out what you are going to do. In the meantime, I've got a statistic that, I don't know, was it you, Nuno, who put this in the notes today? About Zion. So the New Orleans Pelicans are a pretty good team despite the fact that they are called the New Orleans Pelicans, which continues to be a very difficult way, hard for me to get my mind around, wrapped around talking about a team called the New Orleans Pelicans in a serious way in the NBA. I don't know why, but they're good. I've been telling you this for a while. The acquisition of C.J. McCollum makes them very good. Brandon Ingram is a budding NBA star. 
And all of this is to say, if Zion Williamson ever comes back and plays for them, they could really have something going in New Orleans. The question is, is he ever going to? And Nuno put this in my notes. I did a whole thing last week about how Zion is a player that you can never count on. It would be, I hear Nick fans, Nuno, let me get the, hold on a second, Nuno, let me bring you in on this. I'm going to make this What's On Your Mind brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. I hear from my Nick fan friends all the time. I got people, I'm walking in the street, you know, here in the city and people yell at me, Greeny, we're going to get Zion. Greeny, we're going to get Zion. You want Zion, Nuno? Yes or no? Well, I would say this. Yes, because I think he would have been motivated in New York. Like, I think part of, yes, the him being heavy and those injuries, especially those uh, foot injuries you always worry about. But I do believe that he's not motivated. And, and being in New York, I think he would have been motivated. A 19-year-old NBA rookie not motivated isn't a red flag to you in and of itself? Greeny, I, I, as a Nick fan, I look at these, uh, you know, have these visions of grandeur thinking that we can change him, right? Like, that's what it is, and he probably couldn't change him, and the Knicks probably would give everything, including R.J. Barrett, for this guy, and it would probably blow up in their face, and and we would be back to the same thing. Yes, I, I would say, going back to your initial thought of how the Knicks could change him, because that New York Knickerbocker magic has rubbed off so well on all the other great players that we've brought here in the last 25 years. That said, here's the statistic. In his first two seasons thus far, including playoffs, Zion has played 85 games. And I don't think there's any reason to be convinced that he is going to play anymore. Did you know that in his first two seasons, Greg Oden played 88 games? Greg Oden played more games than Zion. Now, New, I'm a little confused. You wrote two seasons in here. Well, Should that say three seasons? Well, no, in his, fir- in his first two, right? Because Zion's... Um, because remember, this also includes Greg Oden, and that's probably where I screwed myself up. This includes Greg Oden missing his, his first year I got you. for injuries. But, 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 but Zion has missed this entire year with injuries. I mean, the point is, Greg Oden was three years removed from college... And had played 88 games. Am I saying that correctly? And Zion, at the end of this season, is going to be three years removed from college and is going to have played 85 games. So when people talk about the ultimate cautionary tale, Greg Oden, who was drafted ahead of Kevin Durant, Zion is about to go into that category. Greg Oden would have been a terrific player. You're old enough to remember him at Ohio State? He was awesome. It was a dominant defensive big. Had kind of a Ewing-esque quality about him as a player. Certainly as a defensive player, he would have been an outstanding NBA player. Couldn't stay healthy. Never happened for him. Zion has shown you the flashes of being an outstanding, transformative, transformational NBA player. Can't stay healthy. At the end of his third season as a professional, he will have played three fewer games than Greg Oden. So that, that to me is the enormous concern here. And if he's not motivated to be in shape, I don't care what city you're playing in. I don't care if you're playing in New York or New Orleans or on Mars or anywhere else. To not be motivated is, is the province. You know, that, that, that's for established, and I hate to say this, but that's for established NBA players like James Harden, who have shown you what they can do, have $500 million in the bank, and have decided, I'm going to be unmotivated until I get exactly what I want. 
So he'll be motivated in Philly for some period of time, and then he won't be anymore. But Zion Williamson, for him to go from zero to that, that would be a concern to me as well. So there's no good answer. If the answer is he's not motivated, that's a bad answer. If the answer is it has nothing to do with motivation, he just can't stay healthy, that's a bad answer. The point I'm trying to make is there is no good answer. There's no good answer here that involves Zion. So that, that to me, is a cautionary tale. All right, uh, before I open up for some phone calls here, Nuno, I had you put together a nice uh, little presentation from Sorry What. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? And you did a terrific job. You put all of these really good sound bites on my screen here, but I only, I only have time for two. So give me the two best ones. What's the first one I should play? You pick a sport. You pick anyone you want. What do you like? I really like the Ramona Shelburne uh, talking about how LeBron, how Laker fans view LeBron James. Love it. Let's hear it. This is Ramona on how the Laker fans view LeBron. I think he is seen in Los Angeles as sort of a mercenary. I mean, it's, you know, they appreciate him. They're thankful he came. He's been hosting radio in L.A. all week. And I myself have been shocked by some of the response from the callers, from the fans. Like, people were heard his comments over the break at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. And we're like, fine, if he doesn't want to be here, go. People in L.A. are used to Kareem, Magic, mm-hmm. James Worthy, Kobe Bryant, guys who played their entire career for the Lakers. And LeBron... You know, they had a couple of nice years, but there's this sort of, this is L.A., this is the Lakers. Like, if you don't see the value in it, go ahead and go. No, that is, that is very interesting, and it is worth reminding everybody. Kareem did not begin as a Laker. Shaq didn't begin as a Laker. But actually, I was about to say they didn't win anything before they got there. Kareem did. Kareem won an NBA championship as Lou Alcindor in Milwaukee. But he came to L.A., he stayed there, he clearly embraced what being a Laker was and wanted to give as much to it as he received. Magic was drafted by the organization. Kobe was drafted by the organization. Worthy was drafted by the organization. The great Lakers, most of them were homegrown. LeBron is a mercenary. That's what he is. His best years were in Cleveland and Miami. He came to L.A. to finish because, A, a person in his position likes being in L.A. Frankly, everybody likes being in L.A., And B, the Laker brand comes with a lot. He can't elevate it. Like the Laker brand is one of the few things that are bigger than the LeBron brand. LeBron's brand is enormous, one of the biggest in sports history. The Lakers were were an unimaginably significant brand before he got there, and they will be long after he's gone. So I understand why the fans would look at it that way. You don't want to be here? Go ahead. We did just fine without you, and we'll do just fine with you. Thank you for winning one championship in the bubble, and let's see where we go from there. At this point, if I had to bet on it, I would bet that LeBron does not finish his career in a Laker uniform. All right, right now I'm opening up the phones. Uh, We'll do What's On Your Mind here, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. What's on your mind? We'll find out next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
dived. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, this is Greeny coming to your phones here in just a moment on ESPN Radio at 888-SAY-ESPN. After this word from Bank of America, it's game day. You're ready to go all out. So you order the essentials to make it a success, like a jersey, a power recliner, and a bigger screen. And you used your Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Rewards you put toward an essential piece of the celebration and air horn. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2022 Bank of America Corporation. All right. So I mentioned that uh, Nuno is here with us today. Bubba is not and uh, Hembo is not. So I don't know who is going to do the calls with me th- this morning. Who do we have working the board today? Greeny, it's Cam again. Good to see you. Cam, I, I like your style. I like a Cam. I like the. I like this. Another jacket that you're wearing that I like. It has sort of a Kramer two for two vibe. On new jackets. Yep. Yeah, it's a good looking jacket. You had sort of the the leather jacket the other day. Now this one's a little. Um, I, I don't know what to say. But this it, is corduroy, Greeny. It's corduroy. Heard of it? You have you have like a, a certain je ne sais quoi, Cam, that I'm a fan of. Thank One you. way or another, you've got the calls today. So who was first up? We're going to start with Turk, Greeny. Right. Turk, you're with us on ESPN Radio. The only question I have for you, Turk, is what's on your mind? Uh, I just don't understand why everybody wants to run LeBron James out of the city. Look, the guy is amazing, and he should be part ownership of the Lakers. He should be the next coach after he is done. Everybody would like to play for this guy. He would bring players. If he leaves, who do we have? Rob Palenka and Frank Vogel and Jeannie Buss? This guy is a magnet. He is a winner. This guy is engaged. He wants to, he wants to coach his son here. Why are we trying to run this guy out of town? I just don't understand it. You make a good point. Now, everything you said is right. LeBron James, is, his numbers are spectacular. Spectacular. They got obliterated last night. He scored 30 points. So LeBron James is not the problem in L.A. What I'm trying to say and what I think Ramona was trying to say, and and you sound Turk, I don't know if you're in L.A. or you're close to the situation, you're hearing the local talk shows and things like that, that when LeBron says, you know what, I could easily see myself going back to Cleveland or being somewhere else, I understand why the attitude of a Laker fan would be, fine, you don't want us, we don't need you. We're the Lakers. We always find another because you know why? The next LeBron, and, and I, no, that's not the right way to put it, the next superstar <laughs> who has an option to go someplace else will always consider the Lakers. Always. The Lakers, for as long as anyone within the sound of my voice right now are alive, will always attract the top-level superstars. Doesn't mean they'll all go there, but they'll all consider it, and some of them will. So if LeBron decides to leave, it's just a matter of time before... 
whoever you want, John Morant or someone like that. Again, I, I hate to put a name to it specifically. Morant is doing great in Memphis. But someone will wind up being there. So to your point, Turk, yeah, do I think LeBron is by far the best thing the Lakers have going for them right now? Obviously. But will the Lakers ultimately be just fine when he is gone? I, that's, I think, the answer to the question. I think that's what those people are talking about. Turk, thank you for the call. Cam, who's next? Doug is up next, Greeny. Doug, you're on ESPN Radio. What is on your mind? Yeah, well, you know, back in 95, I was thinking back to when, you know, we had the strike breakers who almost started the season, and we came down to the wire on that. I wanted your take on whether you think that could happen this time, because while that really would have wrecked baseball back then, you don't have as much union support nowadays. The You know, you're such a service economy, you don't really hear much about unions, and maybe fans would be more accepting and hey you know maybe you'd have to have more bunts and hits and steals anyway than you than you do now no i know what you're talking about i was there i covered spring training in 95 but when this the replacement players scabs whatever you want to call them were there um i was in the white Sox camp because jordan was there and that that's why i was covering it and i, I mean there were guys <laughs> There were guys off construction sites. There were guys from, like, beer league softball players that were in there uh, making up these teams. It was horrible. Do I think that, A, I will admit to not being as um, up on how these things work. Uh, that was a strike, and this is a lockout. There, there may be different rules that govern those things as far as whether the owners could even try and put replacement players on the field. I will confess to not knowing that. But more to the point, could they get away with that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You cannot, I, I don't think for one second they would consider it. That was a totally different world we were living in in that moment. I could not see any circumstances in which they put replacement players on the field. Remember, the NFL played three weeks of regular season games with scab players. Sean Payton was one of them. The coach of, well, he's not the coach of the New Orleans Saints anymore, but but the, the, the longtime coach of the Saints, future Hall of Famer, Sean Payton was a quarterback on the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, during those three weeks. And those games counted. You might recall that season. Again, if you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. Those games where they wound up playing a nine-game season that year, and the three games that the Scabs played, they counted in the final standings. So we've, we have history of that stuff happening in sports. It will not happen here. Mark my words, I, I will be beyond shocked, and that would be way worse. They are way better just canceling games than playing with replacement players. In, in 2022, I do not believe the world will put up with that. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hey, reminding you, you can listen to this show commercial-free along with all your other favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. Cam, who's next? James is up next, Greeny. All right, James, you're on ESPN radio. What is on your mind? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Love the show. Thank First you. time, long time. Thank you. Wanted to make a quick point about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole thing with Ben Simmons, there's, you know, there's a narrative about him, whether it's fair or not. Personally, I think it's fair. But whether it's fair or not that he's mentally weak or not a tough player for all the 
you know, all the nonsense that was going on at the end of last season into this season. So my question is, I know you were kind of joking before about him potentially coming back like the next game after the Nets go to Philadelphia. But if that does happen or something like that, like he comes back a couple of games after, what kind of example does that set? And as an organization of the Nets, like let's say Ben Simmons goes to you and says, you know, I really don't want to come back to play this game. How can you really put faith and trust in this guy? Philadelphia might have to be a team you have to go through to get to the NBA finals. And if that's the case, let's say you get matched up with them in the conference finals. How can you trust this guy? Or won't you be scared that on the games, especially in Philadelphia, that he's going to be scared or come up small in the moment? Yes. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, man. James, I mean, the answer is yes. And for anyone just tuning in and don't know what we're talking about, Tim Legler predicted in our first hour on our show today that he thinks, I asked him, do you think that on March 10th, Ben Simmons will play that game in Philly? And he said he thinks we're going to start getting reports that Ben Simmons feels much, much better. He's in much better condition and is suddenly ready to go on the 11th. And so I just pulled up the schedule. Their game after the 10th, they've got a couple of days off. Then they play the Knicks at home, meaning in Brooklyn, on a Sunday afternoon. We actually have that game on ABC. That's March 13th. Be interesting to see if, um, if that's his first game. And then they play at Orlando on a Tuesday. They have have back-to-backs Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. They have a very busy week the rest of that week. Do I think that's when he would start to play? Do I think that he has made himself – look, no one takes issues. No one you will listen to talking about sports on the radio takes issues of mental health more seriously than I do. Okay? You can lose the music on this, Cam. I'm I'm going to get into a point. No one takes this stuff more seriously than I do. Okay? I've said this many times. I'm not the least bit ashamed of it. I don't think there's any reason to be. This is something that I have been dealing with my entire life. I've been in therapy since I was in my 20s, and I have been using medication for the last 10 years, and it has made an enormous difference in my life. So I would never, ever diminish the significance of mental health issues. Perhaps that is why I am particularly offended by the notion of, quote-unquote, using that as a crutch and by a crutch i that's not the right choice of words by using that to try and get out of something you don't want to do that you are more than capable of doing but just flat out don't want to and that is what a lot of people perceive ben simmons to have done now i cannot accuse him of that i don't know that i I can't for the same reasons that i take this seriously i will not just blanketly accuse a person of faking it but it certainly doesn't look Like, these are the kinds of things that we usually refer to, right, when we talk about mental health. I'm in in no way going to diminish it or question it. Period. New paragraph. Do I think you have to have extraordinary concern, if you're the Nets, about the person that you are bringing into your organization here and how ready he is to help lead you to a championship? The, The obvious answer is yes. And what I think you rely on is that he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to lead. In theory, you have two other leaders. You have Kevin Durant, who is a leader. You have Kyrie Irving, who has been handed the mantle of leadership and has largely squandered it in multiple places, including this one, multiple times. But that's what you're counting on, is that Simmons just becomes a piece of the puzzle. His game fits. He fits what the rest of the Nets are. He's a very, very good player. And you're counting on the fact that he comes and is just a basketball player for you and is not a savior or anything like that of your franchise. 
as he was expected to be, drafted to be, and paid to be in Philadelphia, you're counting on him just coming and playing. So that is a very long-winded answer to what I think was a good and legitimate question. Uh, If indeed, look, you'll never know. We'll never know the reality of this. But it all has a very uncomfortable, let's put it this way, it has a look with which I, I would describe myself as being uncomfortable, the way it has all played out. Can I finish with one other thing while we sit here? Nuno, and thank you for the calls today, everybody, and thank you for being a part of the show. It's fun. So, Nuno, I think I've mentioned this to you before, and I mentioned it when I had the, uh, the person I'm about to talk about on the program at some point last year. But are you aware, Nuno, that when I was a kid, we lived in a place you couldn't have dogs, right? So we had hamsters in my family. Those were our family pets. And I had a little brother, and my little brother had two hamsters. He named one of them Bernard and the other one Patrick. I want it made clear how much we loved Patrick Ewing in my house growing up. Patrick Ewing, my brother, you could not, you could not bestow upon a, 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 an athlete a greater honor than we did in our family by naming our hamster Patrick. That's how much I love Patrick Ewing. And thus it is disturbing for me. And, and I was talking to Michael Wilbon about this yesterday because Michael still lives there in, in Bethesda, Maryland. And he's very close to the Georgetown basketball program. He doesn't have a direct connection to them, but he covered John Thompson uh, for the, uh, an enormous part of, the, of the, the glory days of Georgetown basketball. And so he remains kind of tied to the situation. Many people, Nuno, are probably aware that Georgetown is not having a great year. Do you think most people are aware of just how bad a year they are having, Nuno? Uh, no, they're not. Were you aware of it before I put it in the rundown today? I knew they were bad. I didn't know how bad they were. Did you know that Georgetown yesterday, by losing to UConn, fell to 0-17 in the Big East? I'm looking at Brandon's face. Brandon's our stage manager on Get Up. Huge sports fan. I can tell from your face you didn't know that. Georgetown is 0-17 in the conference. They are 6-22. and this year, their loss yesterday was their 18th consecutive loss. The Georgetown Hoyas have lost 18 straight games. And so understandably, after the game, Patrick is asked about his vision of his future there. And he said, quote, I'm hoping that I'll be back and doing something that I love at a place that I love and getting us back to being the king of the hill. Ewing is 66 and 81 in five seasons. 15 games under 500 and five seasons at Georgetown. Nuno breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I loved Patrick Ewing and I love Patrick and he's been on the show and he's been terrific. But Nuno, this is not going well and I do not think it ends well. No, and unfortunately, I think what you're seeing a pattern of is you saw with Chris Mullen at St. John's and you see with a lot of these guys, you know, I think. Uh, as someone who watches North Carolina with Uber Davis, is these guys who were icons for these teams, for these schools, are coming back and coaching them, and it's just not going. To, it's not going well, and I feel like that's where we're at with Patrick. Where unfortunately, younger fans who didn't see him play are going to only remember this Patrick Ewing and not the guy that was a dominant force in college basketball and pro basketball. I mean, yes, he, he was one of the greatest college players that ever lived. Dick Vitale will tell you he thinks he was the greatest college player of the last 50 years. 
And he was obviously a first ballot Hall of Fame NBA player and a dream teamer. And you don't need me to tell you how great a, an NBA player Patrick was. So, yeah, if this is the way this goes, and I, it's hard to picture even with his standing at that school, him surviving this situation, um, it, it really makes me sad to see it. But they are 0-17 in the conference and have lost 18 straight games. All right, this was a really great day. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us here. We will see what the rest of the day's news brings, and we'll be back to bring it to you tomorrow. And better than ever, see you then. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.